Cheeseburger. Uh, you're listening to the Three Count Podcast. Do you want to get live with me? Do you really want to ride with me? I'm in the club, baby, grind on me. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast with Dance Now into the Ring, and I'm your host Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. But you know, it's our 350th episode, so you know we have to do it big, and you know. Like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficient. You can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring today? You can find this person at the Wrestling Independent. You can find him at Labor of Love and NJPW. You can find him at ICW, Ring of Honor, PWE, GCW, Fight, Wrestling Open, Wrestling Pro, AEW, Flying V, and that is just this year he is a traveler he is a trainer he is a mentor so would even say he is their friend and brother he is also the drip god he is the rhythm he is the world famous cheeseburger yeah that was a hell of an intro right there hey i appreciate that (laughs) how are you doing i'm good i'm good man so we met at the wrestling independent and i was you know we sent her sell merch and stuff and i just happened to be sat next to you and i wanted to i was like uh full transparency when i tell people that's like i'm a super fan like i'm a massive fan of yours and i was like i need to get them on my show so i was like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna shoot for the shot and uh and hope things work out <laughs> hey you never hey you always gotta just go for it worst thing someone can say is, is no you know yeah that's what and you know I, I think about that a lot too when i'm like talking to people i'm like i i don't want to hear no so i'm like i just need to meet somebody first and just like introduce myself because i feel like i put out the energy i'm like yeah, I, I genuinely want you on the show because there's only yep. there's a there's a million wrestlers out there. And I'm like, you know, this is this is our 350th episode. So it's like I, I got to go pick out the, the people that I want to have and bring them on and have a discussion with them. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you for, you know, reaching out, uh, like you know, taking the chance to chat with me and ask me to do this. And yeah, here we are. So you've been in this for, you know, 11 years going into your 12th year. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. a what are like um like how did you get started and how did you find your way into the business and like what what drew you in uh i was a fan since i was a kid i started watching around like when smackdown began and it was through my dad that I became a fan like i would go over to his house and we'd always like check it out uh watch wrestling together and that was just kind of like that bond that we had and it was something that i always liked as a kid i start falling out of it when i got into like my high school years i feel like everyone kind of has that point where they start getting older and they're like oh wrestling's not that cool anymore blah blah um where they have that phase of the fan where they stop watching but yeah stopped watching for a couple of years from like 06 like 09 and i happened to catch it in like early 2010 and i was like oh i haven't watched wrestling in like years and <laughs> remember what i remember why i fell in love with it and yeah i it, once I fell in love with it that second time, I was just like all in, just like watching, 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 watching. And I discovered that the Ring of Honor school was nearby me. And I was like, oh, like, love wrestling. And I'm looking for something to do, you know, between, you know, that weird period of high school where you have to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life, you know, when you're like 16, 17. So I was 17 years old. I went to check out the Ring of Honor school and they were about 10 minutes from my house uh, with my parents. Uh, they they liked it. I liked it. I decided to sign up when I was 17 years old in 2010, and yeah, started my training with the with the Ring of Water School, and it was a long, long journey from then on. It's interesting to hear everybody's like journeys and stuff like that, and how they got in and how they found it. And it's it was one of those things where it's like 
like wrestling is one of those things that like teaches you like so much about like like just about life because like mm-hmm. unfortunately like there are some pitfalls this like yeah. we tell everybody like Absolutely. this is a this is a job it's a fun job but it's a job yeah. nonetheless and like you're responsible for your career so if you're not going anywhere it's really on you and then you mm-hmm. learn that through like the storytelling of like wrestlers like trying to make it into business but then you're also learning it like in wwe right we look at people like john cena right where um he starts off he's this like ruthless aggression wrestler and then you find out like behind the scenes that it's not really clicking and wwe's like on the brink of like cutting him and they're like well let's just throw this rapper gimmick at him and see what happens and then he just blows up and then you like understand the journey of like how he transforms his character and stuff like that it's it's fun to watch people like learn to go about things. And then, you know, you get to genuinely be excited with them on their journey. Yeah, Peaks and valleys throughout the career. You know, you're going to have those highs, you're going to have those lows. You're going to have times where you want to quit. You're going to have times where things are going great and everyone loves you. And then you're going to feel like the world, like you're going to have other days where you feel like the world's like crashing in on you and you're like all alone and everything in between. But yeah, peaks and valleys are kind of what makes the journey I don't know if I want to say, like, special, but I, I'll say interesting. Uh, you know, those, like, good moments and bad moments, but we we always hope to have more good than bad over the course of a career, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I know for me it was funny because, like, I started, uh, I started my journey in January of 2020. And uh, this is, like, after mm. having, like, a whole other life. Pick the pick the interesting month to, to start with everything that happened two months later. Right. So we had the whole national shutdown, and I'm like – I was like, well, I still want to continue this wrestling thing, but I was like, I'm kind of being told. I, I felt like the world was telling me, like, nah, this or the universe was like, nah, this isn't for you. And I was like, well, maybe. So I like started watching like wrestling videos, and shout out to Joey Munoz and the Santino brothers over in California for putting out their video and me finally just stumbling on their channel. Oh, and yeah, I started watching true. wrestling through them to learn how to wrestle. <laughs> and then in May, when everything opened back up a little bit in uh, in Maryland, I was like, cool, let me let me dig around. Let me go learn and figure it out. And then I got injured and I was like, maybe this is really the universe telling me like not to do oh. this. And I was like, I'll, I'll keep pushing. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> did, did you end up going to like a formal school or you kind of like self-taught? So I went to a formal school. Well, I, a lot of people will go back and forth with it, but uh, my trainer is actually sicken. Uh, out of oh, uh, Delaware. Nick. Yeah, no, he's in. He's in. He's out of a uh, uh, Sykesville, Maryland. Actually. Maryland. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was my trainer, and then okay. uh, even he told me he was like in May, like I took a step back, but obviously because like the pandemic and stuff, and then like he's like, and then all of a sudden I watched you just like start making leaps and bounds and i was like yeah we're gonna get him re- match ready and then like i tore tore my abdomen on a oh, wow. three-quarter roll <laughs> oh damn oh yeah so i was like all right and then i came back and then he was like all right and then i just took off and just just left the. i felt like i left the world behind when i was like all right, i'm just gonna run and just that's crazy thing. for a three-quarter roll yeah so you know because Obviously, we we learn how to do these things because we're telling people like, "Hey, this is the safe way to do it." And for some reason, and I know what happened, I was like, I was my uh, left elbow, right knee, and when I rolled, like I just twisted myself too hard and then just felt it. Oh man! Yep, that was it. Was how rough. long was the recovery for for that? Uh, for that it was like six to eight weeks. Right. 
Yeah, oh. <laughs> it was a while. Like I couldn't stand up. I couldn't sit down. It hurt to lay down. It hurt to do anything because okay. obviously abdomen. And so the doc told me like I had to take some time off. So I took some time off and I just went the crazy part. Right. I get injured and I go to the emergency room. I do my thing. And then I come back to practice the next the next day and just oh. sit in a chair, bust out my notebook and just start taking notes. No, it's awesome. writing everything down. That, that, was, that was a big thing for me when I started training was I was a very diligent uh, note taker. And like I still have my original notebook from when I started training in 2010. And I still use like a lot of that to go back and reference when I teach classes myself and like just like remembering the sequencing of like how I learned things or just something that maybe I forgot that uh, it's like buried in that notebook. But yeah, I, I keep, uh, keep all my notebooks uh, from when I've uh, been like from my first days of training. Mm, right, because I saw. So mine's actually sitting like right here next to me, and then I have mm -hmm. my second notebook um, in my car because mm -hmm. it goes everywhere with me as well. It's one of those things like I, I, I knew I wasn't gonna be good at speaking on the mic because it's not something I'm like natural to, and, and everybody kind of feels that same way, right, with a microphone or in a camera in your face, right? And so one of the things I started doing was uh, I started jumping on podcasts and like like talking about wrestling, and then. My friend Chaz was like, hey, we should do a podcast together. And I was like, all right, cool. So then we made this podcast. And then I was like, I want to do an interview show. So I did an interview show. So it yeah. just gets comfortable to, to talk to people. And let's, I think it's it's one of those things that when you find your weakness and you you want to enhance, like, your abilities, like, you have to find, like, ways to, like, make it work. Otherwise, yeah, you, just, you just sound ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> no, absolutely. You have to understand, like, not just in – wrestling but just like in any aspect that you want to be good at in life you have to understand what your weaknesses are and eventually work on those weaknesses if you want to be you know if you hope to get to the top of the game in some regard to or be like really good at like whatever you're planning on doing so yeah addressing those weaknesses and being cognizant of that and cognizant of also like how to fix it or like who to go to to fix it or like what steps you can take yourself to fix it or those are the keys to being a good learner and a good student of anything. And I feel like I, I've ran into a few of your students actually out and about, like just mm -hmm. all other places. And I feel like the one thing they always say about you is that no matter how good they get at chaining, you always find ways to like knot them up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah, I'm always like looking for like new stuff for like technical wrestling, like chaining, stuff like that to, uh, to break out and like show them. <laughs> and, it's, bank. and it goes back it goes back to like that that understanding like your weaknesses and stuff like that because like my notebook is filled with all the information that like i've put put together for the last few years and just like you did you know you said you were going back but it's, it goes back to help you go back sometimes you read something you're like oh yeah i forgot i could do that or i mm -hmm. forgot i did that it's like i'm gonna have to put that back together and put that back in the arsenal and i'm like i have to go back now because I, I tell people all the time i was like yo i have like five wrestling moves that I I just I can hit cleanly and mm -hmm. I just I just utilize those and I forget all the sequences that I put together for them. <laughs> yeah, you like you uh the best is when you watch like a match back from like years ago and you're like, wow, that's a cool move. I didn't realize I like did that. Like I didn't do that sequence in like years and like you're like taking notes for yourself like for things you forgot that you did for like a couple of years ago. <laughs> what is uh what's I, I i love asking this question because it's it's one that gets a lot of people thinking but what's the worst bump you've taken uh the worst bump i've taken uh i wrestled donovan dijak what in ring of honor in minnesota and it was like two in like the same match actually 
Uh, actually, one more particular than the other. Actually, the he he would do this like uh, not like a falcon arrow, but it's like throwing like suplex thing where he has like suplex like kind of just throws you. You know, Dijak is like giant and like I'm small. I love Dijak. He's always great to work with. But I remember thinking I was like I was like this was years ago. I was like super young at the time. Uh, the building was this like high school like gym for Ring of Honor. It was like community center gym with like hardwood floors, and we had these like really thin mats at the time. Mm. And I remember pitching the spot to him. I was like, "Oh, we go outside and like, how about like, I'll jump on the guardrail, rail. I'll go for a tornado DT. You like stop me. You give me that throw of suplex like onto the, like on the floor." And we were like, "Oh yeah, that's good." I was just like, "Yeah, it's just a normal thing for me to call." And never he gave that to me. I was like, "Oh man, that was completely, it was completely my idea." And I was like, "Why did I even think about that?" Um, and I remember like I just I hit that and it just killed my back. And I already had like this is like a couple of years ago, uh, like probably like eight nine years ago at this point. I had like really bad like sciatica issue in my like left side of my lower back. So I remember, like, after the show, I was trying to do, like, ring crew. I could, like, barely walk. It's, like, every time I took a step, like, just shooting pain up my, like, lower back. So I'm like, all right, guys, I'm just going to lay down for, like, uh, for a bit because this is insane. Uh, but, yeah, that that was that one always sticks out to me, especially because it was my idea. <laughs> it's it's funny because, like, I feel like the worst bumps usually come when you you call them because you're like, yeah, all right, let me – let me do this. Let me try this. I uh, I had Kid Bandit on the show, and he talked about how in the middle of his match, they were outside on the concrete, and he was like, yo, give me a powerbomb. And they did. Ugh. And he was like, why did I call this? <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, especially when you're young, uh, you think you're just, like, oh, this will be fine. Like, this is just a thing that will be okay. Uh, and it's like, no, definitely not okay. <laughs> It's um, it's wild though to think that when you're like you're you're going through your career, right, and you're in your first in your beginning, like that you're this invincible person, and then as you get older, you look back and you're like, you know what, like, I probably shouldn't have called those things, and so you try to help like somebody else, like, hey, yo, don't don't do that because you'll you'll regret it later, and they're like, nah, and I'm like, all right, bet, go find out for yourself, my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Hey, so uh, one of the other questions I love asking people who come on our podcast, right, is what's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn being in this business? Uh, one of the hardest lessons I had to learn? Oh, that's a tough, that's a tough one. There's a lot of, lot of hard lessons. Um, the biggest one, I think, is definitely just in terms of, this is kind of a broad one, but I guess it's like how to, deal with multiple like situations uh diplomatically um both positive and negative uh just understanding uh one of the biggest lessons my trainer taught me was like knowing like uh how to pick your battles like what battles are like, we're fighting for uh so i'll see this a lot of times i'll hear just like i'll tell this to my students as well it's like you know you can't treat every single like small issue like the world's ending and like you know uh you know, if it was like, for example, you're wrestling a match and let's say it's like you're losing your book for a show, but you're losing in like five minutes or something like four or five minutes. Right. And you're just like, ah, I don't want to do this like, show. I don't want to like say something. I feel like I should get more time or I don't want to like lose. Like I want to look like strong. It's like it's like in the grand scheme of like your wrestling career and also like this like independent show, not to like downplay independent wrestling, but it's not sometimes we build things up in like our head 
that's bigger than they are. And it's like you're losing that four minutes on the show in front of like 20, 25 people. Like, it's okay. Like, you're going to be okay. It's okay to like lose. Like, it's not that big a deal. Like, you can lose the match. It's okay. Um, but if it, it becomes an issue where it's like, if you're someone that every single time there is like a tiny issue, you raise like a huge deal about it, you raise a huge deal out of it. Then when there's actually something that matters that actually is a huge deal, like people aren't going to want to listen to you because they're like, well, such and such just complains about everything. So this is just another, this is just them complaining about something again. Um, but if you're someone that like, uh, like, it's not to say like, let people like say walk over you or whatever is that, but it's just about treat things to like a certain level of importance where it's like, if you're the person that like, if there's something that is like a huge deal to you and it like really, really matters. And it's like actual, like something that is actually worth bringing up with like uh, the promoter or a person you have an issue with. They're like when you finally do it, people are going to actually take notice. Go like, hey, this person like is not someone that complains about everything. Uh, so like the fact that they're bringing this up means this issue is important to them and it actually matters. Uh, so like I think definitely a lot of people need to understand like pick your battles. And a lot of times, uh, if you're losing a match, it's really not that big a deal. <laughs> like no one, no one's gonna care in two two days. You know. I think it's one of those things too. It's like. We forget that, like, although some, like, some people put a lot of weight into this, like, mm-hmm. wins and losses don't really matter, right? Because... Yeah, because, like, it's, like, we're, like, you know, not to uh, pull back the curtain, but, like, it's not real when we win, it's not real when we lose. So, like, uh, we, like, someone else decides who wins and who loses, so it's not like you're, like, you losing doesn't mean you're, like, weak or, like, this person could beat you in an actual fight. Like, it's not that big a deal. Like, the only time it honestly really matters is at the highest level on, like, TV with the top-level people where it's like, hey, you know, this person, like, uh, we, they've been building up on TV for, like, a long time. They have a fan base of thousands and millions of people. So, like, it actually matters to them if the person, like, wins or loses. Um, and sometimes companies make the right decision on who wins or loses. Sometimes they don't. But it's, like, these, like, indie these indie shows where I'll, I'll see, like, people, like, uh, like, politics to like win or like to like uh like go like to change the finish or like to oh i can't tap out because i need to look strong or hey the best is like when someone's like oh i'm a champion in this other promotion that's like eight towns away it's like so like the fans of that company are gonna think i look weak if i lose in the match on your show it's like dude it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter it's really not that big a deal like you agree to do the job like show up do your job to the best of your ability and the, you know what the cool part about independent wrestling is? Is that if we say, say like, you know, if you're booked, I was explaining this to one of my, like, students, and they, once I, like, explained to them, they got it um, and everything. And I was like, the best thing about independent wrestling is if you, say if you are booked, you know, a four-minute match, you know, and, like, you lose and you're not happy or whatever. The best part about independent wrestling is we can decide who we work for. So it's like, hey, I don't want to work for this place. I don't feel valued at this place. You could just say, hey, no thanks. Like, I'm, I'm good. So, it's, uh, that's why I don't get the the whole independent wrestling like complaining like poli- politics and the wind belts is hilarious to me as well. That's that's a good one. It's funny for me because like I know like in in my career there's definitely a couple promotions that I like I worked for and like I still want to work for right. But mm-hmm. the problem is is like when you go to a promotion and they you know there there's a, there's a conversation had right and you agree to something that's going on and then you're just not used. And like that's the worst. It's like yeah, you yeah. you had me come out here, and then you're just like, nah, we 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 went with a different direction. Like, well, you could have saved me that because the the 
hour drive or the hour and a half drive I drove here. Now I'm sitting in the back, not doing anything. And yeah, that, that's a whole different thing. Like where it's like, yeah, if they like had said like, hey, come like, like we will use you and like you do something with you. Like when you come to the show, like and then they don't use. That's a whole other thing. That's like that. That's very wrong in my opinion. Yeah, I know. Like, I and and the thing was is like, yeah, and and this also goes back to like if you have something to say, don't always say it on social media because like nobody. Oh yeah, yeah, like, that's, that's terrible. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a big one. Uh, yeah, it's like you don't want to. That's something you don't want to like uh, put out there. Things like that. It's like too too many people just want to just like put everything out there on like social media. Yeah, and, and yeah I made a. I remember when I did it, I I I was upset with the uh, with the company, right? And I'd been at the company for like, I've been I've been there like week like monthly, right? Like working for this company, and then I I put up on Facebook, and I was just like, I'm not even mad, I'm just upset. That's it. That's all I put. That was the post. You gave him the disappointed dad talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, my DM opens up, and it's the promoter, like in my DMs, like asking me and telling me, like justifying like why why I wasn't used on the show, right? But I was like. But if you literally scroll up one person up, you'll see everything that you wrote. I was like, I was just using what you said. Like, that's the problem. And, you know, I'm glad that him and I, we got it like, we got it squashed. But it's like, at the same token, though, it's like, you, just like you said, if you're not happy, like, and you don't feel like being used, like, just don't show up. And unfor- I don't want to say, unfortunate, unfortunately for me, because I still, I still love that promotion, I ended up moving. So then I don't have to be back at the right, promotion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we like like you said before, we are our own businesses. Uh, we are each our own small business, and we can choose like who we choose to do business with or something. And if it's like a place where you're constantly feeling like screwed over, whether it's because like you're not happy, you're if you're not being like fulfilled, I should say, um, in terms of like your creative like vision or like your matches or your match quality or like the the quality of opponents that you have to work or. Uh, the amount of time you're giving or like even it's just like the money or if you're getting screwed over like money you're not getting what you feel worked or there's always an issue is like don't just keep letting these places like do this to you like you can choose to say hey i'm not gonna work here anymore you know yeah and you know keep it between you and that person you don't have yes to exactly yes yeah keep it between like that's something between you and like the broker it doesn't need to be like a everything uh yeah like a something for like everyone to know Unless it's like obviously something like illegal, maybe then maybe that's okay. But that's that's yeah, a whole. That, that, yeah. That's what I get. That's a whole other. <laughs> it's a whole other fish that we have to yeah, talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yo, so you've been in for eleven years. You've traveled the world all over the place, right? So I just want to know, like, what's one do and one do of the locker room? Uh, in terms of just like just in general, like worldwide. Yeah, just in general. Um, uh, I I think it's just like the biggest thing is. I'm very big on this because, like, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you two. Uh, the first is just, like, from a whole locker room perspective. Like, pick, just pick up after your guys' selves. Like, it's it's not that hard. And, like, especially when, like, I have, um, like, shows that I run, like, at the dojo. Like, people, like, rent out the dojo for, like, tapings or whatever. Um, I just, like, it's, like, that's all I, the first thing I tell everyone. is like, hey, just, like, pick up after yourselves. Like, pick up the water bottles, like, the, the wrist tape, things like that. And also, like, Make sure you have all your personal belongings before you leave. Uh, Because so many times, like, after shows, like, 
it amazes me that people just like leave their ring jackets like wherever like i'm like you spent a lot of money on that like just don't even care about it like uh they'll leave like gear like their shoes like great like just stuff like make sure you have your stuff uh is the biggest thing clean up after so uh the other thing is just like what you hear from like everybody is just like if you're new in the locker room or like if you're not new if you're just someone that wants to learn like there's a lot of value in being seen but not heard you know so like uh it's it's okay like to just kind of sit and like listen just kind of you know engage in conversation obviously but you know if you're someone that wants to learn you have to understand that like you can't just take over the conversation because then it just becomes a conversation where you're talking and you're not learning uh and you know sometimes like especially if you don't like read the room also is like another big one like a lot of people just like really lack the ability to take on like social cues and like read the room, things like that. Um, and understand that like when you're talking to someone, especially if it's say like a veteran or something like that, or like someone that's maybe like a name, but maybe they, you know, just their first time meeting you or stuff like that. And maybe you're kind of like in one of those situations where like everyone's kind of like a circle, like just kind of like chatting, just like, you know, shooting the breeze, whatever it may be. Um, sometimes like the thing, like, you know, your new guy, like the joke, you think it's like going to be super funny and like pop the room and you like say it. Then instead of getting like a, a laugh, you're just kind of getting a look at like, who's like, who's this guy? Like you never want to, anytime you ever get that reaction from someone where it's like, no matter who it is, where like you say something and they kind of look at you and like look at someone else like, who's this guy? It's like 99% of the time, it's always like a negative reaction. <laughs> it's, the first. it's never like, hey, who's this guy? This guy's like awesome. Like I like this guy. It's like, Who's this guy? Like, let this guy in. Like, why is he here? <laughs> you know? Oh, so there's a lot of power being seen out here. You never want to be the, who's this guy of someone. Yeah. It's one of the things, like, I, I when I go to, like, the, the open, right, the wrestling open, I, like, always, I pop in, and I mean, I even booked for the show. I just pop in, like, all the time, but I'll, like, walk around, say what's up to everybody, and then, like, if you happen to be calling your match or if you're, like, just in conversation with somebody else, I may stop in and just give you a quick fist bump and then just keep it moving. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't want to interrupt whatever you got going on. And then I'll stand off to the side and then have conversations with other people who are just kind of open. But it is, it is very awkward to watch someone just like stand there and just like wait to say what's up. Instead yeah. of just like, just catch up with me in a couple minutes, man. <laughs> like, I, be I okay. think, yeah. You have to, there's like a fine line between being personable and being annoying. And a lot of people, don't know where that line is and that line is different for a lot of people and it's it's different for you know i may have a lot more patience for someone kind of like talking by ear off than like say like uh like i don't know like someone that's been on tv like in wb for like 20 years and it's just like old and tired and just wants to get to their hotel room and sleep you know for example like you know so like you have but you but that that's what i say like where it comes to like picking up social cues and like Say, hey, this person's not busy right now. I can go and say what's up and maybe like chat, like ask them a question or two. Or it's like, hey, this person's like clearly talking to a group of people and they're clearly busy and engaged in the conversation. So maybe this is not the time to go up and like interrupt and like try and get my funny joke off and things like that. <laughs> so like, um, yeah, it's just all about kind of people like being self aware and like understanding like, hey, right time, right place to to do this, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, timing is key, and it, it 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 goes without like not just in life, but also in wrestling. Like timing is key. Like you gotta that is something like I'm still like really adamant and learning and like understanding is like timing of where like 
to play things in certain parts of like your mat and just kind of like mm-hmm. understanding and then also like you know it's just like social cues like <laughs> you just kind of understand so mm-hmm. it's i'm still like i i'm still developing that 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 technique and that skill to like be able to be like in the middle of a match or something like that and then understand like where we are with the crowd and how we're hey, going to do things not, not to interrupt but like just because it popped in my head the uh the 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 second the other worst thing called going back to like the how like people just kind of like interrupting like in like kind of like in the locker rooms like conversation like topic or whatever but like the worst is when you're like say if you like haven't seen like a friend for like a long time like the locker room and you're just like say it's like you guys kind of like you know not like off in private but you're like in the locker room it's like you and your friends like talking but there's someone you see kind of like hovering just and you could tell they're just like waiting to like jump in the conversation and just like find that opportunity and like so like you could tell they're there but like you know you're talking to your friend and like then like that moment comes where that person just kind of like just jumps in the conversation and then like no one kind of like acknowledges it and you go back and then they still keep trying it's like oh it's like because it would be nice to not be like hey like yo stop talking to us but like it's just like hey also like we're clearly having the one and two conversation here so it's like, um and things like that it's like yeah. but it's like I, I i'm a very easygoing person so i don't like take offense to it i get like sometimes people are just like excited and like want to talk it's funny though because like <laughs> so my daughter does that <laughs> like she just waits <laughs> to like interject her point when i'm talking to my wife <laughs> and so like every once in a while like i found this funny ass meme and i just i use it all the time now with her so i'll be in the middle of a conversation with my wife and i see my daughter's just sitting off the side and i'm like listen this is an a b conversation see yeah. your way out before d jumps e and f's you up like a g Ah, that's good. <laughs> she's like i hate you say this to me every time dad i was like yeah so it tells you where you're at in this conversation just go sit down hmm. be fine with you <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one hey so uh we're gonna jump into the best part of this podcast right the three count podcast and that is the three count podcast 10 count questions here's how it works mr cheeseburger i'm gonna fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast whatever your answer is that's your answer all right, okay. so I'm going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing! And in the words of my favorite commentator, Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Uh, Smackdown. Favorite movie? Uh, Probably either Inglorious Bastards or Superbad. Nice. I love both those movies. Uh, Apple or Android? Oh, always Apple. I don't mess with the green bubbles, man. <laughs> favorite actor? Oh god, favorite actor. Uh Samuel L. Jackson. Love it. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Easy. Favorite cartoon. Um the original Batman or the original Spider-Man? Probably it. Probably those two are like Darkwing Duck. I love Darkwing Duck. Yeah, it's underrated. <laughs> Nobody really talks about Darkwing Duck. No. The theme song is legendary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Twitter or X? What do you call it? <laughs> always Twitter. It will always be Twitter. There's gonna be a whole generation of kids growing growing up calling it X, and it just bothers me. I can't. Well, unless, unless, well, Twitter will probably be gone by the time this generation grows up. So maybe. <laughs> uh, favorite podcast? Um, God, I, I Talk is Jericho is definitely my favorite like interview podcast. Um, there was a movie podcast I listened to that's like really popular called like How Did This Get Made. Um, where they like go over like really bad movies and like have the process of them and like just like funny tidbits about them and everything. Uh, that one's always a, a good one. 
another one is called like I, I haven't listened to it in a while, but they call like "You're Wrong About," where they kind of t- cover topics and like things that like people just kind of get misinformation about and kind of like review like different things about them. Oh, I like that. I'm gonna have to go check that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Um, Mookie Summers. Bet. I like it. And then last but not least, my favorite question asked every single person who comes on this show, favorite curse word. Oh, uh, the C word. Uh, see you next Tuesday. Uh, the That one, because uh, my Australian and uh, UK friends love to love to use that, but we just can't like Americans are not a big fan of the C word. Uh, and like I was talking to my friend that like from uh, Britain, like uh, the other day at like a wedding, and he was just like, you know, you will say it, just like British people will just like say it, uh, and it's just like, oh yeah, like Americans, like oh yeah, forget like Americans, like do not like that word. So it is so funny, <laughs> right? Yeah, so... the show. <laughs> so it's so funny because like when we did our 300th episode we brought flip gordon on the show right mm-hmm. and he had just came back from his tour in england mm-hmm. and so i asked him that same question and that was the same word that he yep. said too so i'm like yo that's funny that yeah, we did like a full a circle one. moment with this <laughs> it, is, it is it is a good one they, they use it in, like as a term of endearment too which is hilarious I know. And that's, uh, I have a, so when I'm not doing this, I'm a personal trainer and, uh, I have a client from England and whenever I put like, get, put together a good workout, that's what he calls me. Mm. He's, he's like, I don't want to yep. do this anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. C word. And I'm like, yep. Oh, thank you, they sir. They love it. <laughs> but those are all my questions I do have for you. So the last thing I need is for you to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on, x or twitter uh <laughs> at cheeseburger roh uh i probably should change that handle at some point but i refuse to just out of just because uh um you can find me on instagram at world famous cb uh you can also follow my wrestling school uh, at worldwide dojo on facebook twitter and instagram and uh if you listen to this please go subscribe to our youtube channel uh the worldwide wrestling dojo on youtube uh, I post drills for my uh, for my students there. Uh, we also have a weekly YouTube show called Captured Lightning that features our students of the dojo. Uh, that's been my goal to get the YouTube channel to a thousand subscribers next year. So please go watch our channel and subscribe. We have some great matches, some awesome, awesome students with a lot of future stars. So please go enjoy that. Well, he told you where you could find him. He gave you all his handles. He even told you about his YouTube channel that you should go subscribe to. And, uh, you know, like every great part of a wrestling match, we got to take this home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast presents now entering. And like I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering? You see him right there. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the world famous cheeseburger. And you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there, or you're legitimately just subscribing to all of our YouTube channel. You know, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on all our social media platforms, follow us on Spotify, listen on, on Amazon Music, or even checking us out on iHeartRadio or whatever their little jingle thing is. You're doing all that stuff. You're telling your parents about us. You're telling your friends about us. You're telling your pets about us. You're telling your enemies about us because we love haters too. So you're doing all that stuff or you're really just kind of waiting for this episode to end, waiting for the outro, and then you're choosing another episode to listen to.
Kawaii. <laughs> What's going on it is Clipper Red Dog, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. And what we need from you guys is to kind of show some support, right? We want you guys to go to our YouTube channel at the Three Count Podcast, go on to our Twitch channel, Three Count Pod, or even our Facebook page, Three Count Podcast, and just give us a like, follow, subscribe, even give us a comment, right? Do all that cool stuff. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your enemies, right? Or you can even come talk to us and just chat us up, right? Find us on Twitter at three count underscore pod. Find us on IG and on TikTok at three count pod. Go ahead and leave us those comments. We want to hear from all of you guys. We're going to keep putting on videos and stuff like that. We want to keep making this content better. So we want your guys' support. Also, if you guys want to, go support us at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count podcast or even find us on foryourwear.com. Give us the support. Show us your guys' love because we want to give it right back to y'all. So in the meantime, between time, love y'all.